بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إنا أنزلناه في ليلة القدر وما أدراك ما ليلة القدر ليلة القدر خير من ألف شهر تنزل الملائكة والروح فيها بإذن ربهم من كل أمر سلام هي حتى مطلع الفجر أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وبه نستعين ثم الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين المعصومين أما بعد Awaited Savior of Humanity, Imam Al-Mahdi alayhi salam, my respected brothers and online audience, Assalamu alaikum jami'an wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to this special Al-Hadi recording and podcast. And we are in part three of our four-part series in which we are looking at the themes of the chapters of Quran that we recite on the nights of Qadr. In our first discussion, we asked the question, how do we extrapolate the themes of each chapter of the Qur'an? In our second part, we began to apply that and looked at the chapter 29 of Qur'an, Surah Al-Ankabut. And the theme of Surah Al-Ankabut is that we make our dunya to be our protector. And the reality is that we are no different to the spider who thinks that his web is so strong, but in reality it's so weak. The dunyas that we construct for ourselves, the things that we take as protectors other than Allah, are so easily destroyed. And as a result, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that, or in that chapter, Surah Al-Ankabut, the one who decides to take Allah as his protector, Allah will guide him in his way, and he will deliver him, so that whatever the pressures are in dunya on you, you would be saved from those pressures. Now we're in part three and we're looking at Surah Al-Rum, chapter number 30 of the Quran, which is the uh, second chapter that we recite on the night of Qadr. And we begin by talking about some of the uh, elements that make up Surah Al-Rum and then inshallah go into the themes of the chapter itself. Surah Al-Rum is a Makki surah revealed in the, chap- in the city of Mecca. It has 60 verses, 6-0, it was number 84 in the order of revelation, but it is number 30 in the codex of the Qur'an, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed it in the order of the Qur'an itself. It was revealed after Surah Inshiqaq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book. Now, the fadl, the, the blessing of the surah, or the recitation of Surah Al-Rum, is the same as the blessing from Surah Ankabut. The sixth Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq, salawatullahu salamuhu says, Man qara'a Surah Ankabut wa rum fi shahri Ramadan fi laylati thalathin wa ishrina fahuwa wallahi min ahli al-jannah. Whoever recites Surah Al-Ankabut and Ar-Rum in shahri Ramadan on the 23rd night, Wallahi, I swear by Allah, he would be from Ahlul Jannah. La astathni fihi abada. There would be no istithna. There would be no exception at all for that person. 
who recites it. وَلَا أَخَافُ أَنْ يَكْتُبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيَّ فِي يَمِينِ إِثْمًا And Imam Sadiq says, I don't fear that there should be anything written in that person's book of an ithm, of a sin. وَإِنَّ لَهَاتَيْنِ السُورَتَيْنِ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَكَانًا And these two surahs, in the eyes of Allah, there is a special sanctified place. This is Surah Al-Rum, the, the, the reward of the recitation of Surah Al-Rum. Now, as we go into this, we need to ask what is the overriding theme? And then what are the sub-themes that will feed into the overarching theme? The theme of Surah Al-Rum is threefold. There's primarily two, but there's three sub-themes that will feed into the overarching two themes of Surah Al-Rum. The overarching theme of Surah Al-Rum is the relationship between the power of Allah to destroy a civilization and our own acts that can either prolong the civilization strengthen that civilization or be a means for the downfall of that civilization. In the Quran, there is a number, dozens of verses of Quran which talk about this question. Why does a civilization rise and fall? In fact, the book Rise and Fall of Civilizations is one of the greatest books that has ever been written in history. In fact, there are many historians that actually write on this theme itself in history. Why does a civilization prosper? Why does a civilization fall? Why does an empire prosper? And why does an empire fall? How many empires have come? Hundreds of empires have come over history and over time. The British Empire, the Roman Empire, the Persian Empire. Today, the American Empire is the strongest empire in the world. It's only been as such since 1945. In terms of empires, it's a very short period, isn't it, compared to, say, others. This chapter puts the question, why does an empire rise and fall? What is the relationship between the acts of individuals and the collective in society in Allah's power in allowing a civilization to rise and fall? This is mentioned elsewhere in the Qur'an, but this one chapter is dealing with this particular topic. Within that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the three subtopics. Power of Allah, the qudra of Allah, the power of Allah. The mas'uliyah of insan, the responsibility of mankind in relation to the power of Allah. And iman bil akhirah, and faith in the afterlife. These three are the subtopics of Surah Al-Rum that all feed into that overarching, which is the relationship between Allah's power and human beings as a means to prolong or shorten the empires, the civilizations, the communities that exist in place. Now, this chapter was revealed about a historic reality, about two communities, a room the Roman Empire. And does anyone know what was the second empire civilization that is mentioned or that has been spoken about in this chapter? Which, which empire was the Roman Empire warring with at the time of revelation that had to be revealed in the era of the Prophet? Anyone know? 
It's the Persian Empire. So the two empires that are being spoken about, about their battle and when and why one became victorious over the other and why eventually the other became victorious over the first. And having set that precedent in the sub-verses, the latter verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will now speak to us about how to ensure and guarantee our civilizations prosper. Let's have a look at the first verses. Verses 1 to 7. In verses 1 to 7 of Surah Al-Rum, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about what is known as the command of Allah, the amr of Allah. And in that, he speaks about how um, people know the outward of this world, but they don't think about the command of Allah when it comes to their civilizations. That we think about the rise and fall of our civilizations often in economic terms. We think about the rise and fall of our civilizations in military terms. We don't often think about the relationship of the rise and fall of our communities in terms of spiritual terms, akhlaqi terms, in terms of how we dispose of our wealth as commanded by Allah. And here Allah says most people just think about it from the zahir perspective, the very apparent perspective. And Allah is saying, actually, all of your civilizations, all your communities, rises and falls at my behest. And my behest is determined on your actions. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in the Quran. We mention this in dua as well. So, for example, you will remember in Surah Al-Imran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the battle of Uhud. You will remember the battle of Uhud, the second battle. What happens? The Muslims are on the verge of victory, aren't they? And then certain companions decided to run down from the hill, try to collect the spoils of the war, and as a result, the enemies turned back and saw that there was an advantage to them and attacked the Muslims. The Muslims basically lost, or at the very least, we can say there was a draw. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Imran revealed a verse about this moment, about their being on the verge of victory. And turning it into loss. Allah says, nas. That these circumstances of mankind, they change. One day you're on top, one day you're at the bottom. One day you're successful, next day you're unsuccessful. One day this civilization is the most powerful. And one day later, civilization can be destroyed. We actually have this in Dua Al-Iftitah. You know, in Shah Ramadan, each night we recite Dua Al-Iftitah. In the second half of Dua Al-Iftitah, we make a special Dua. We say to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, وَيُهْلِكُ مُلُوكَمْ وَيَسْتَخْلِفُ الْآخِرِينَ Allah destroys the tyrant kings and he replaces them with others. Muhammad bin Salman, Al-Khalifa of Bahrain, they think that they're so strong. It just takes a moment. Allah will destroy you. What do you think? Have you not seen all of these histories? Tell me, which empire has lasted? You think your empire is going to last? You think your empire is going to outlast God? This is the theme of the first seven verses. It starts. Have a read with me, inshallah. Verse 2. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The Romans are vanquished. They lost their war in a near land to the Arabs. 
and they, after being vanquished, will overcome. It's a prediction from Allah. You lost this war to the Persians, but the Persians will end up losing later on in history as well. It will change. These days will change. Within a few years, this will occur. You will see that the Romans will end up winning against the Persians. Allah's is the command before and after. It wasn't in your hands. Allah decided who was going to win and who was going to lose. And on that day, the believers shall rejoice. Why? Because the believers who have been so much put to test, they will be happy with Allah's decisions that take place elsewhere that will affect their own communities. Sometimes there are certain tyrannical governments that affect us even until here. When they collapse, when their tyranny falls, it may be the other side of the planet. It may be a different country, a border country. We will celebrate the destruction of those people who fall. It's very interesting. We are often asked about celebrating and commemorating in our school of thought. When it comes to things like Eid al-Zahra, and I'm talking about the specifics of what we do, I'm talking about the generality of celebrating the death of tyrants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what does he say? That the mu'mineen are supposed to be happy at the death and the victory upon tyrants. This is supposed to be the practice of us. With the help of Allah, he helps whom he pleases and he is the mighty and the merciful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is the promise of Allah. What is the issue? People know the outward of this life. Verse number seven, key to this introduction. These people, they only look at the apparent nature of their, of their civilization, their communities. They don't think about what's happening subtly between themselves and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the first sub-theme is what? Amr of Allah, command of Allah. Verses 8 to 11 now bring a different sub-theme. And it now talks about all those who opposed truth are destined to perish. This is the second subcategory. Allah says in verse number 8, do they not reflect within themselves that Allah didn't create this for a vain purpose, but he made it in truth? He made the universe in truth. If Allah makes it with haq in truth, if you don't conform to truth, Allah will do away with you, whether you're the biggest of civilizations or an individual. And the reality is all of this is what? Ajalin musamma. It's just for an appointed term. Allah has decided when your community is going to be destroyed. Allah has decided when you're going to lose the war. Between now and then, why do you need to oppress people if Allah has decided the rise and fall of your civilization anyway? You might as well do good with the civilization that you have rather than use it to oppress people if Allah is going to do away with your civilization anyway. It continues. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks us a question in verse number nine, telling us about those people who have perished. Have you not traveled in the earth and seen how those before you ended? You haven't traveled and seen how the British Empire collapsed, how the Chinese empires collapsed? You haven't seen any of these things? Are you still not aware of it? Evil, verse 10, then evil was the end of those people who did evil. Evil was the end of those people who did evil. The next set of verses, verse 12 to 16, speak about responsibility 
of mankind in their actions and what they forge as partners with Allah for their protections and the outcomes of their actions. So now having given a foundation, look, foundation is it's all in Allah's hand. I decide when you rise and when you fall. And the reasons why I decide why you rise and fall is not the outward appearance of what you do. It's the realities of what you do and your relationship to me. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides to tell you about your actions that can either strengthen your community, your civilization, or be the reason for the destruction of your civilization. And he does this in a very interesting way. He actually has two sets of verses. Verses 12 to 16 and verses 28 to 34. Let's have a look at these two sets of verses and you'll see it's all about the actions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about, your responsibility and the outcome of your actions. Verses 12 to 16, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the following. At the time when the hour shall come, the guilty shall be in despair. The hour is the ajlim musamma, the time when Allah decides that your time has come to an end. In this discussion, civilizationally, community, when your time has come to an end. And they shall not have any intercessors from amongst their gods. And at the time when the hour shall come, they shall become separated from one another. And as to those who believed in their civilization and they did good deeds, what shall happen? They shall be made happy to enter into the garden. And those who disbelieved and rejected our communications for them is a chastisement. So the principles now of your success of your civilization is on the pivot of belief and disbelief. Number one. Second second verses, second set of verses, verses 28 to 34, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now goes into to some, some specifics here. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now talks about how to ensure that your community remains protected from his destruction. It's so interesting because actually in these verses, do you know what he's talking about? How you treat one another. How you treat those whom you have power over. Subhanallah. Think about this very closely. What was the first set of verses that talked about why your community will prosper? Faith. Right? Verses 12 to 16. Belief and disbelief. Second set of verses that talk about why your community will prosper is what? How you treat those people. Ethics. How, ethics, how you treat those people who are less strong than you. How many a community today, an empire today, fails with this point? It may be a community that believes. America, 40% is rigid Christian, right? The type of Christianity is often extremist Christianity, evangelical. But they still believe, don't they? They believe in God. They believe in Isa, salam, They believe in doing good deeds, charity. But as a country, how do they treat those people who are weaker than them? How do they treat the migrants? How do they treat racism in their community? How do they treat others that are colonies of them? Puerto Rico. How do they treat those that are other countries that are weaker than them? Have a look at this. Verse 28. He, Allah, sets forth to you a parable relating to yourselves. Have you amongst those whom your right hand possesses 
in what we have given to you for sustenance, so that with respect to it you are alike, you fear them as you fear each other. Thus do we make the communications distinct for a people who understand. Nay, they are those who are unjust, they follow their low desires without any knowledge. What's the issue here? How do you treat people whom your right hand possess? Whom you're in ownership of, you're responsible for? And whether you're unjust towards your own self. Allah says, Bel, they do dhulm, oppressive. So the second reason as to why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides the length of your civilization, the prolonging the success or the downfall of your civilization is what? How you treat others, the ethics of how you treat others. He continues in these set of verses. Then set your face upright with the religion of Allah. Verse 30. Or what is the religion of Allah? The nature that man has, uh, the nature made by Allah. فَأَقِمْ وَجْهَكَ لِلدِّينِ حَنِيفًا فِطْرَةَ اللَّهِ الَّتِي فَطَرَ النَّاسَ عَلَيْهَا لَا تَبْدِيلَ لِخَلْكِ اللَّهِ There is no change in the way of Allah. Allah will destroy the civilization or he'll keep the civilization going. What should you do? You should turn to him and be careful of your duty to him and do not set up partners with him. What happens to those people that set up partners with Allah? What do they do as a community? They become so divided Verse number 32, They end up dividing their community and become parties. And then what do they do? They celebrate what is with them only and they don't learn how to celebrate and work with others. When you don't learn how to work with others in your community, you will end up on a path of self-destruction. Why? Because your competition will destroy yourselves. Your hatred for one another, your vying with one another will be your downfall as a civilization. SubhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving you a clear way of how to establish the longevity of our community and civilization and country or the way to be able to destroy it. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala having told us these certain um, base positions of why he allows, he now uh, actually gives to us solutions as to how to ensure that our community becomes strong. Verses 29 to 39. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the following. Nay, those who are unjust, they follow their low desires. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now talks about how to be able to deal with some of these things so that it's a solution for yourselves. Verse 33. When harm afflicts mankind... They call upon their Lord turning to him. Then they make him taste from his mercy. When you turn to Allah, Allah gives you from his mercy. Some others begin to associate with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So as to those who are ungrateful for what Allah has given, Allah will allow them to enjoy themselves, but just for a little bit of time. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now saying that if you want to be able to have a solution to your social problems, when Allah gives to you mercy, be thankful for it. Prosper in it. Don't use what Allah gave you as a means to defeat others, as a means to hit others on, on the head with. Allah gave you a strong military, don't use it as dhulm. Be grateful that Allah gave it to you. Allah gave you a strong economy, 
Don't use it as dhulm against others. Use it as a means of positivity. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse number 38 talks about the solution to this issue. Use your wealth. Don't use it as a means of divide and rule, divide and conquer. Verse 38, give to the near of kin his due. And to the needy and to the wayfarer. This is the best for those who desire Allah's pleasure. And these it is who are successful. Now look at this verse, verse 39. And whatever you lay out as usury, as riba, you think it will increase you in your property. It will not increase anything with Allah. Allah is giving us principles here. He's saying your civilization, do good to your near of kin. In a civilizational context, who is your near of kin? In a civilizational context, make, a, make an analogy here. If it's a family, it's your, it's your brothers, your family members. In a country sense, your people. your people and those next to you in your people. So if you're America, who is your nearest of kin? Canada and Mexico. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and give to the nearest of kin their dues. And to the needy and to the wayfarer. This is best for those who desire Allah's pleasure and they will be the successful ones. Successful in what sense? That their ummah will continue, will prosper. And whatever you lay out as usury of riba, what does that mean? Whatever you do to exploit, whatever way of economy that you do to exploit your neighbors, the people who are underneath you, you will have an increase in your property, but you will not increase anything with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whatever you give in charity, desiring Allah's pleasure, it is these people that they shall get manifold in return from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see how Allah is speaking at the civilizational level, at the level of a state, at the level of a nation state, the level of a community, about how you're responsible for those people around you. If you don't reach out to those around you with justice, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will destroy you as a civilization. Now, verses 40 to 41, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now talks about what causes fasad inside the community. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 40, Allah is he who created you. He causes you to be able to have life. And then he puts this point. He says, you want to know what causes the fasad in your community? If you are a, a country, if you are a, a state, a civilization, هَلْ مِنْ شُرَكَائِكُمْ مَنْ يَفْعَلُ مِنْ ذَلِكُمْ مِنْ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَ عَمَّا يُشْرِكُونَ Is there any of your associate gods who does any of what I do? These things that you take as your protectors, this military, this economy, all these, when Muhammad bin Salman reaches out to Donald Trump, and, and hopes for protection from America. When you take Trump as your God, which Muhammad bin Salman has, when you've, when you've taken Trump as your God, Allah says, do you think any of these gods does anything for you? This is the downfall of your civilization. Glory be to Allah. He is far above what you associate with him. When you take that as your protection. Now Allah says, having taken all these things as your means of salvation, as your means of protection, verse 41, <laughs> Corruption has appeared on the land and on the sea. 
If you're going to take Trump, if you're going to take your military, if you're going to take your economy as your source of salvation, corruption will naturally follow. Verse 42 says to you and I to take responsibility and learn from those people that have passed. Travel in the land and see the ending of those people before you. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks again about how to resolve the issue. Do you remember I gave to you, Allah says, how to resolve the issue is what? Number one, faith. Number two, how you have those people underneath you, those people who you're responsible for that are weaker than you. The third way Allah now gives solutions is verses 17 to 27. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives a, sec a third set of solutions to deal with your community, to ensure the protection, the longevity of your society. And he talks about treating your family well, treating your own soul well, and believing in Akhirah. Allah now begins to conclude Surah Al-Rum from verses 48 to 55, and then 55 to 60. In verses 48 to 50, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about two things, changes in society, and revival within society. If you look at verse 48, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the following. Allah is he who sends forth the winds, so they raise a cloud. Then he spreads it forth as he pleases. So rain comes down. What happens when wind comes? What happens when wind blows? It brings with it nutrients. It blows the, the different types of seeds. And then Allah raises the clouds and then he brings down rain. What happens? New life comes about. From death comes life. From life comes death. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about this, but he's talking to you about it at the civilizational level. See, Allah will change the winds, the circumstances, and he'll bring with that change all of these different circumstances. He will kill society he will revive society don't think that he won't do this in the civilization in the community that you have though they were before this they used to be confounded in despair look then at the signs of allah how he gives life to the how he gives life to the earth after its death verse number 50 he says now having talked about changes in time and space and revival in time and space Allah concludes with verse number 55 of Surah Al-Rum and now he concludes again that there will be an appointed time and things will end. Verse number 55. And at that time, when the hour shall come, the hour shall come, the guilty shall swear that they didn't last but an hour, but they are turned away from this. And those who are given knowledge and faith, they will say, certainly we tarried according to the ordinance of Allah until the day of resurrection came. So this is the day of resurrection now. All those civilizations will end and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring it towards the day of judgment. And then verse number 60 gives us a conclusion of all of us who live in societies that may be difficult. Allah tells us how to ensure your society will last. But sometimes even though we live in a community or a society that could be good or bad, Allah tells us a conclusion of how to deal with these societies. How you should live in these societies, irrespective of how they are. What does he say? He says in verse number 16, Bear patiently. Indeed, Allah's promise is true. He will come true. 
And let not those who have no certainty in Allah and Akhirah hold you in light estimation. Why? Because it doesn't matter what they think in your civilization. Civilization that does right and wrong, doesn't matter. You want to be held in the estimation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You do your bit and you will see that your civilization inshallah will prosper. You succumb to the way in which the civilization is doing evil. It's not believing. It's oppressing its own people. It's not looking after those who are needy. You will fall with that civilization. Irrespective, if you do your bit, whether the civilization falls or rises, in the eyes of Allah, you will rise. And that is the most important thing. Think about this as a concluding question. We asked in the first discussion in Surah al Ankabut about why we are reciting this chapter. We're reciting this chapter because it talks to us about how we think about the strength of our own, the things that we make, whether this is strong or weak. So we now know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, take him as a protector. Everything that you take other than Allah as a, as a protector is basically like the spider's web. When you're reciting it, what does Allah want you to think about, to make dua about? Be a mujahid, Allah will deliver you. On the night of Qadr, oh Allah, make me a mujahid in your way. Deliver me. In this chapter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about what? Why civilizations rise and fall? Why communities rise and fall? What should you be thinking about in your da'a on the night of Qadr? Oh Allah, make my community like those that you've described in the quality features. And not those features like those civilizations that ended up dying out because of the evils that they did. And help me to be amongst those who ensure the revival and the flourishing of my community, my civilization, my country. And when you read these verses, that's what's supposed to come to mind. The fact that you recite it on Qadr and you make that dua consciously on Qadr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should accept that dua individually and collectively, inshallah. That is the maqsad surah the theme of the chapter of Surah Al-Rum. And inshallah, in our last discussion, we will talk about the maqsad of Surah Al-Dukhan. Walhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallillahumma ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina Muhammad wa alihi al-tahirin. Allahumma sallallahu Muhammad wa Muhammad. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Inna anzalnahu fi laylatil qadr. Wama adraka ma laylatul qadr. ليلة القدر خير من ألف شهر تنزل الملائكة والروح فيها بإذن ربهم من كل أمر سلام هي حتى مطلع الفجر